This is Servant Marcia Carney with Escape to Heaven. Spirit of the Lord is upon me. His anointing is empowering. The kingdom of the Lord is within me. And He's calling Good morning, Tallahassee. We've arrived again. It's Monday morning, and you're listening to 94.1 Wave 94, 11.30 a.m., and we're trying to figure out how do we escape to heaven. Servant Marcia, Heaven on Earth Ministries of Jesus Christ, and here it is. I'm pondering again from last week, or continuing, um, how you and I are completely treasures in God's eyesight. I don't know if you're a diamond or a gem or pearl, but whatever it is, there is treasure inside of you as the image of God. And uh, last week we looked at that whole developmental process of how... Did we get to the state of going from perfection when imagined, created, and made by God to corrupted state, uh, imperfection? And if we were to run to the Bible over in Genesis, I believe the sixth chapter uh, is saying how mankind began to mate with angelic um beings and became even more so corrupted um, to the point where the Lord said, Genesis 6, the third chapter, and the Lord said, my spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he is indeed flesh, yet his days shall be 120 years. And we're talking about a time when uh, people were living until 969 years, like Methuselah, for instance. And, um, you know, you had Enoch living 365 years until he was taken away from the earth by the Lord. He didn't even actually die. But here we see God pronouncing a limit at this point to how long will he allow the breath of life that came from God, the Father, the creator of all, to remain in our bodies. It talks about how there were giants uh, on the earth at that time, and the Lord began to be filled with remorse about the fact that he had even made man. He started to say, um, I'm so sorry, you know, and, and the reason was because the earth was completely corrupt and filled with violence. And all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. We know a lot of that is the influence and the actual manifestation of the wickedness of the hearts of the fallen angels. But, 
You know, uh, I was reading over in Corinthians, I think, where it talked about how uh, we are not to be sinful. And if we stay around sinful people, we will become corrupt as well. And so that's proven in that case. So we're talking about how did this treasure that the Lord imagined, created, blessed, empowered, how did we become so corrupt? And what did God do? Did he reject us completely? The word of God let us know that the love that God has in his heart, um, it, it kicked into action. I mean, over there in John, we learn about for God so loved the world <laughs> that he gave his only begotten son. So literally, God did not reject the image he created of himself. Instead, the Lord exemplified and, and oh my God, an enormous amount of love, way beyond ordinary, way beyond our understanding. But this is the God that loves his image, meaning that he loves you. There is not enough sin that you can do to separate you from the love of God. And I mean, we, we see that over in Romans, the eighth chapter. But I want to stay a little bit focused on this corrupted image and how Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And it talks about how he was perfect in his generations, which means that he had not been mixed his uh, DNA with the seed of the fallen angels. So we, uh, we understand how um, Noah was actually from the lineage of Zeth because the lineage of Abel did not produce. And Cain was literally another lineage, not that of Adam. And that's reiterated in Genesis, the fifth chapter, when um, it, it says how Adam begot a son, Genesis 5, 3, after he was 130 years old, he begot a son in his own likeness and after his image and named him Zeth. So that implies that Cain, because that's the only living son after Cain killed Abel, was not in the image of Adam. We're not here to study that today, but we're just bringing that up. So let's move a little further because the question becomes, how does God address a corrupt image of himself? What would you do if you had created something that looked and act just like you? So you thought and you empowered it to be actually yourself. A lot of us are mentors and we teach people our expectation is that they would kind of represent us. What do you do after all that effort, time, and energy? The person turns around, stab you in the heart, and is literally nothing at all like you. Do you reject them, or will you be like God? Because here's what God did. He uh, sent Gabriel to the earth, uh, overshadowed the young virgin, uh, Mary, and she became pregnant with his Holy Spirit. And she bore a son. His name was Jesus. And uh, also Emmanuel, 
which means God with us, God among us. So that's what God did. God did something completely unusual. Uh, we began a process of God's image going from the corrupted state that it had become to a state of being incorruptible. So I'm going to run over to 1 Corinthians 15 chapter, verse number 3. And it says, For I um, believe this is Paul speaking, how he delivered and preached about Christ dying for our sins, according to the scriptures, and how he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. So we all know that. Now, when he's saying according to the scriptures, he's talking about what David, King David, wrote in Psalms. So let me just look at that to confirm that, because why would he say according to the scriptures? So that means he's referring to some written document, the scrolls, is what I would assume. So if we go to Psalms 22, hold on, please. I'm almost there. And um, wow, some prophetic words indeed. Psalms 22 talks about, it starts out with, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Those were the final words that we remember Jesus saying, Oh, my God, I cry in the daytime. You do not hear me. And in the night, you're, I'm not silent. And um, he's saying how a little bit further down, verse number seven, you know, how um, they would ridicule them, shoot out the lip, shake their head, saying he trusted in the Lord. Let God deliver him since he delights in him. So, in essence, it was already declared and prophesied that Jesus was going to die for our sins. And um, so here we are, where he has actually done this now. And so what was the purpose? I mean, why did Jesus have to die? Uh, was it to just show that God had the power to bring him from the dead, there had to be a purpose. And the purpose was um, right here, verse number 13, 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter, verse 13. Resurrection of the dead. Christ is risen. And if Christ was not risen, then all this preaching that we're doing is empty. So, but God did raise Christ from the dead. And if Christ was not risen, then our faith is futile. Then we're all going to die in our sin. But the fact that Christ was raised from the dead, it really proves that God is the God of the living. God is faithful. Uh, God will not be deterred from the original intent of why did he even create mankind and bless us and give us dominion, authority, and the and the ability to get wealth and multiply. So God has never moved away from the original intent of creating mankind in His image and after His own likeness. <clears throat> Therefore, 
Our hope is in Christ, okay? So Christ has risen from the dead. He's become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep, meaning died, <laughs> with Christ inside. For since by man came death, so through Adam's disobedience, Adam and Eve, uh, we lost mankind eternal life, which we were built. We were designed. We were created in the image of God. God is a spirit, and the spirit has immortal life span. So we were created with immortality, and that's what we lost in the Garden of Eden. So death came through mankind, but resurrection of the dead came by man, meaning the son of man. So we all know, and if not, I'll share, that Jesus literally served a dual role. He was, in fact, the son of God genetically, but he was also the son of man genetically as well. One is uh, spiritual and one is natural. So in the functionality as son of man, he then function as a means to provide eternal life to all mankind. So he died as a sacrificial offering, like you take a lamb on the day of Passover and you sacrifice it and the blood is offered up to the Lord because in blood there is life. That's what Jesus did for you and I. And that's why when we have faith, which is spiritual, and it does have substance, right? Because all our hopes is in faith. Now, it says now faith, the substance, you know, of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So faith is substantive. And our faith in Christ, in Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one, our faith and what he did unto the Father, it then allows us to participate in the spiritual benefits and also naturally as we live on earth. So let's go back to the word of God. 1 Corinthians 15 chapter, verse number 22. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ, all shall be made alive. And you might not know that Adam lived for 930 years. That's 1,000 years, less 70. And you know, 70 tend to be a period of punishment, but we'll keep talking. <laughs> all right, verse 23. But each one in its own order, Christ the first fruits after what those who are Christ at his coming, and then comes the end when Christ will deliver the kingdom to God the Father, when he puts an end to all rule and all authority and power, for he must reign till he has put all enemies under his feet. So the last enemy that will be destroyed, because this is the enemy that took away from us literally eternal life. And that would be death. 
And even it was prophesied again in Psalms, for he has put all things under his feet. But when he says all things are put under him, it is evident that he who put all things under him is exempt from that, right? And then now when all things are made subject to Jesus Christ, right? Then the son himself will also be subject to God, right? That God may be all in all. So the point that I'm bringing here is what was the process that God implemented to take a fallen mankind image of himself and bring him back to the state of not being corrupted? The corruption that God acknowledged in Genesis 6 chapter, and he only found Noah. Noah was the only one who found grace and got eyesight. God had to do something supernatural in order to bring the entire race of mankind back to the position of eligibility uh, to be uncorrupted or to have again immortality. And that process was himself, God himself, giving himself to redeem mankind. So if we go over to same chapter, 1 Corinthians 15, chapter verse 42. So also is the resurrection of the dead. The body is sown in corruption. It is raised in in corruption, okay? It is sown in dishonor, but it's raised in glory. Sown in weakness, raised in power. Sown a natural body, but it is raised as a spiritual body. So there is two bodies. There's the natural body that you and I are accustomed to walking in, and then there's the spiritual body. Okay, the natural body we could call a vessel, a container. The spiritual body would be, to me, the substance of who we really are. Verse 45, and so it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. But notice that the spiritual was not first, it was the natural and afterward, the spiritual. So, well, wait, wait, let's think about that. So, we're saying from the point that God literally took the substance of earth and made man, not all the way back to the point that God created mankind, because we were created spirits first, but then we were made, literally made. And, and, and if you think about it, this could be correct, what we just read, because even though we were created in the Spirit, we did not become living beings until the breath of God was blown into that body made of clay, of dust. Wow. Okay, so the first man was of the earth, made of dust. I just said that. The second man is the Lord from heaven. So as was the man of dust, so also are those who are made of dust. And as 
is the heavenly man, so also are those who are heavenly. And as we are born the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. And so if I need to break that down, it's very simple. When we are born, we are born looking like how Adam looked. Two arms, two legs, torso, mouth, face. That's what we know about ourselves. The image that we see daily made from dust. But once we are made heavenly, then we are bearing the image of the heavenly man. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. So that takes us back to John, the third chapter, when Nicodemus went and, you know, met Jesus at night and said, I know you're from God, I know it, but how 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 are you doing this stuff? And uh, Jesus answered and said, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So we must be born again in order to know that the kingdom of God even exists. You want to escape, then you got to run to the kingdom of God. And then afterwards, because Nicodemus said, well, how can you be born again the second time? And Jesus said, unless one is born of the water, meaning baptism, and the Holy Spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. So going back to 2 Corinthians, the 15th chapter, it simply means that we must become reactivated to be spirit beings in order for us to enter and experience the kingdom of God while we're here on earth. Second Corinthians, the fourth chapter, just to really nail this down, verses six through seven, talks about a treasure and um, why the God of this world will do anything not to let people wake up to the goodness of our God. And so, even if the gospel is veiled, it's veiled to those who are already perishing because their minds have been blinded. Okay? So, for it is the God who commanded light to shine. So, remember way back in Genesis, let there be light. It is that same God who commanded light to shine out of the darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus. So therefore, we have this treasure in our earthen vessel, the earthen vessel being the natural body and the treasure being the spiritual substance, which is the excellence of the power of God and not of us. So we are hard pressed on every side. We're crushed, but we're not crushed. We're perplexed, but we're not in despair. We're persecuted, but we're not forsaken. We're struck down, but not destroyed because we're carrying in our body the fact that God died 
but was raised from the dead by the power of God, the power of the creator. Okay. So the dying of Jesus also represents the life of Jesus representing eternal life. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is working in us, but life is also simultaneously working in us, meaning death of the mortal, sinful, corrupted person that's dying daily, okay? But then life, immortal life, that's happening daily also. So the outward man is, is dying and also sin is dying and the inward man is maturing and holiness and righteousness is growing. And so if we continue uh, verse number 16, so we're not to lose heart, right? Because even though our outward body is perishing, the inward man is being renewed day by day, right? Because we know that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus. Okay? And so for this light affliction, whatever it is you're going through today, it is just for a moment, but it's working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary. Amen? And the things which are not seen are eternal. Because notice this, once we have um, found out about Jesus, once we have been born again, in a sense we are earnestly desiring to be clothed, all right, with our habitation, which is from heaven. So we want to be more and more uh, like God. And uh, here's what God has done. Now, he who has prepared us for this very thing is God. And what he did to you and I, when we became born again, he gave us the Holy Spirit. But that is not the fullness of everything that God is about. Not as much as he is going to Show us. That is simply a guarantee. That's letting you know that God is real, that he is faithful. So we're to walk by faith, right? Not by sight. And there's coming a day when we all must appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what you have done, whether it's good or bad. So our point is, to let's walk knowing that the love of Christ, amen, it compels us to live holy. You, you don't want to live after the things of the flesh because now you're a new person. It's kind of hard. So therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. And each of us have the ministry 
of reconciliation. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself and did not impute their sins and trespasses to them, but has committed to us the word of reconciliation. You and I, saints of God, we are ambassadors of God. And there are moments in life when we're dealing with so many things, we forget who we are. But I want to give you your name. Your name is Treasure. You are Treasure. You are Beloved. You are in an elite group. (laughs) Once you have been born again and you are literally living Christ-like in this world. So I am going to pray now that God... Uh, keep us activated and uh, walking in the Holy Spirit. Father God, we thank you for your love and your redemption. And we ask you, Lord, to allow us to walk holy and righteous before you every minute of every day. Lord, exemplifying the ministry of reconciliation and bringing the lost, God, to your kingdom. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Father God, I declare and decree that we will never leave. We will not be separated from you. And we will fulfill that status of incorrupted image of God after your own likeness. Walking with power, authority, and dominion. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for everything. Amen.